podcast number 45, our 2020 wrap-up, Tournament of Champions, best of the best, worst of the worst, going to do a little bit of that too, and some notable exceptions of what we didn't actually talk about this year and why we didn't talk about that this year, which is a question I'm sure you've been asking yourself. The guy you're going to ask that to is not me, but actually my co-host here. Oh, Brent. <laughs> nice. Wait, you didn't even introduce yourself yet. <laughs> Going in order of importance Okay, here. Uh, yeah, Brent, Arcadia. Hey, I'll be talking about games shortly soon. Who, who are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> Andy, a.k.a. Solid Talker here. Both of us leading you down an exciting uh, you know, ESPN-style bracket of... You know, what we do here is we talk <laughs> about games. You know that. You've heard that before. But we've been putting them in a big list. And then we put them into a bracket. For this episode, and we're going to talk about them, you know, like you do with brackets during the final four and other times during the. Do people use brackets other than during March Madness? It's March now, which is great timing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm stuck on the fact that you attributed it to ESPN, like nobody had a tournament until like the 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> In my mind, I'm thinking of like the you know late 90s, early 2000s Sports Center graphics for bracketology, and that like john tesh style music and the orchestral stings that they'd use and everything oh god yeah like that just that's what that that's what it all is in my mind forever <laughs> going forward for the next 30 years all bracket conversations happen in that time frame with that context yeah you know, to be fair that's pretty much how i remember the 90s a lot, a lot of a lot of sports betting and uh <laughs> john tesh <laughs> what'd you say <laughs> yeah, because well, John Tesh did the um the NBA on NBC theme. Did he? I don't remember. That. Yeah, it's in it's uh it's got a stupid name. It's it's called like <laughs> B Ball Roundup or something. It's got a really stupid oh, name well, for John Tesh. I'm definitely looking that up later. <laughs> Yo, you you should. I think he also did the um NCAA on CBS theme as well, oh, which is another good yeah, one. I'm sure, that rolls off the tongue pretty well. <laughs> So, what, what what the hell is the tournament of champions or the yearly roundup that we're doing today, Andy? Can you explain to the nice well, folks? Uh, yeah, well, we we uh, we've been talking about games for the last year, and every time we talked about one, we kind of ranked it in our own personal lists. You had a list going, I had a list going. That's the end of the number of lists that we had, just the two, because there's two of us. <laughs> and now we've gone and we've kind of interleaved them, we've mingled them together very gently. And made a little tournament of your top eight and my top eight. And we're going to talk about them in that kind of bracket style matchup. See how they compare. See how they've aged since we last talked about them. Some of them we talked about very recently. Others, you know, due to the passage of time and it being a yearly thing, about a year ago was when we talked about them. Hmm. And then we did the same thing for your bottom eight and my bottom eight. <laughs> and we're going to do the same thing, that same process of talking about it in a bracket style. But about those and and about which one's well. the worst not not which one's the best yes. of the, the worst which one's the worst right. of the worst best of the bottom eight is not an interesting thing to find out <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, so they... worst of the bottom eight each yeah that's something and so we'll we'll talk about that as well uh, but before we do that people out there are probably wondering if they've kept you know if they've been playing at home and taking good notes what about all those games you didn't talk about and yeah, uh, so it seems like most of the major ones ended up being uh, exclusives this year. Um, I'm going to point to Last of Us 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. Um, 
I, as the only PlayStation holder on this, this, you know, large breadth of uh, characters on this podcast, I just <laughs> never got around to them. In the middle of the pandemic, I didn't want to play Last of Us. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people no, that understand. that makes sense. Um, I, I, yep. I'm very interested in the game. I thought Last of Us 1 was one of the best games ever made. Um, and one day I'll get to it. But this year was not the year for me. So apologies to Last of Us 2 fans. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, just... At the time just wasn't right, I guess. I, I missed that, you know, original hype, and now I sort of want to play it on the PS5. I, I just never got around to it. <laughs> and the, the big one of the year that people are probably going to notice immediately, Cyberpunk just because it's game still on everybody's minds, is Cyberpunk. I don't think uh, it deserved recognition of any kind because of the way they treated players. Um I, I, I didn't want to amplify it. I really am enjoying the game, but uh, I'm also playing on the, the Series X. I know a lot of PC players are having a good experience, but I also know a lot of original previous-gen owners are having a very, very bad experience and feel like they got absolutely swindled. So, yeah, by, by just sort of ethics, I thought that I wouldn't cover it because we're, we're not a paid resource. We're not a proper review site that people come to. So, you know, uh, they need to, they need to patch the game period. And then you know, I'll give it a shout out one day, hopefully. Yeah. And I think that's, that's basically all the big ones, right? Yeah. There's, there's definitely a lot of good games came out last year. So, uh, I mean, I know a lot of people live and die by game off, but you know, ch- <laughs> ch- ch- check out some other games. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we also, like, we missed stuff, like, we didn't really talk about Spelunky 2, which I know was a big oh, yeah. one people were looking out for. Not just really my thing. I sucked really hard at Spelunky 1, so yeah, fuck Spelunky 2. <laughs> not gonna not gonna do that. Uh, we, we didn't play any of, like, uh, Blaseball or Among Us as, you know, kind of the, the online darlings of the last hmm. year that created some interesting stuff. We didn't play that. You didn't play Half-Life Alex, right? No, no, I pretty much given up on vr games <laughs> that's fair that's absolutely I, I just don't have the space okay, so for yeah. it. a lot of stuff and obviously jackbox party pack number seven just because a lot of the political nature of that we decided <laughs> to skip that one just didn't want to amplify those really? types of views any further than they already had oh, been really hot button issue those jackbox games <laughs> <laughs> Right, so do you want to? What do you want to do? Want to kick it off with our 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 uh, tournament of shame? Here, tournament or, of shame, yeah. Tournament? We're gonna find the worst of the worst, and I mean, I guess it's really just the bottom half of our brackets. We probably still enjoyed most of these games. Fair warning. So before we alienate everyone ever with this, yeah, today. There's, there's a couple of good games in here. Yeah, there's, there's games that we enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the problem with making a list. Oh, that's a problem with ranking the games that you've played is that there's necessarily something at the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's not, we're not really grading on a curve. It's just yeah. which one's better than which one here. So Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that the, the worst games I played of the year I put down after like 30 minutes and they were not talked about, period. So there's plenty of worse yeah, games out there. That's also a very good point. There's a, a number of games that I did not talk about at all, like Lily's Garden, or the Tin Tin Match 3 game on the Android phone. Uh-huh. You did. Just didn't come up. Uh, I, I missed that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was one of those lost episodes. <laughs> but yeah, let's uh let's jump right into it. Why don't we find out what the fuck the uh the worst the the worst of the worst is? 
Yeah, so our, our first here, we got a number one seed, Captain Tsubasa, whatever the subtitle of that was, and Moving Out. Those were those were both of our or that was my my worst game, bottom of the bottom ranked, and your number eleven. Yeah, what what uh what makes Captain Tsubasa <laughs> the worst game of the year, if anything? Captain Tsubasa was if I'm remembering correctly, and I've tried to purge this from my mind so bad, the online multiplayer was horrible, and for a anime-based Tecmo Koei soccer game, very boring soccer <laughs> that did not feel like you were doing any cool Muso shit or any um, Shaolin soccer type shit. It just kind of felt like an anime soccer game. Like a soccer game that you had to watch anime to play. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, and again, the online multiplayer was horseshit. It required online connectivity just to boot up and check to see if there were any new things for you to download. It's just a bad game. Yeah, that's that sounds like rubbish. What What about moving out? Um, moving out your uh, your number eleven. Yeah, you know, as as like a, a janky physics game that's charm sort of wears off pretty quickly. Um, I, like I said in, in the episode, one of the, the only ways I found to enjoy it was to turn on all of the accessibility options. Or Yeah, I think they referred to them as accessibility options. Basically options that made it uh, less janky and easier to play as single player. So like by default, I think I would have had zero fun as a, a solo person playing this game. Um, I, I think that's a pretty big hit against it, to be honest. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Out of these two games, though, I, I remember... I remember the way you were describing Captain Tsubasa, and it, it sounded like you were like a bit more angry with that, that, the experience <laughs> I, that game. That was I really wanted a fun arcade soccer game, and it was neither fun nor arcade. <laughs> it was arguably soccer, so it got one out of three. But yeah, I I think this is a game because a lot of the reviews also talked about how broken it was, yeah. how bad the online multiplayer was, how long it took to find matches, and how often those matches dropped. So. Hmm. I think that that is that is an overall greater failure than moving out, which sounded kind of more just lackluster. Yeah, I yeah I, I agree, and I've thought about going and back and playing moving out a couple times, so I think that says a lot. Okay, so we'll move Captain Subasa up to the next round. Yeah, all right. Uh, oh. Watch Dogs Legion versus Microsoft Flight Sim. Uh, well, I played Watch Dogs Legion. And I'm still so angry with this experience. <laughs> uh, I, I just went back and tried to play it again because I played it. I got it around the Series X launch. I really wanted to see it as sort of a showcase of the technical features. And it really is a beautiful game. Unfortunately, I really didn't enjoy much else outside of that. And recently I went back just to try and see if I could get back into it because I, I had success doing that with the Watch Dogs 1 and 2. And it like I went and did one of the, the boxing tournaments and it just immediately bugged out. Like I, I won the tournament and then I just was stuck there. And I was like, are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? This game has been out for six months. And also the online features that I, I said in the episode that wouldn't 100% not be out in December, even though it said it when you launched the game in November. I was correct. They're still not out. So, you know, fuck. Really? They're still not yeah, out? Yeah. Fuck you, Watch Dogs Legion. How about that? That is fucking shocking. <laughs> um, wow. So, uh, yeah, uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator? <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator, I have not gone back and touched it. I haven't thought of it since we talked about it, and I uninstalled it shortly after. 
it was a really cool technical thing that I just got no joy out of myself. There was nothing wrong with it, other than, other than some slow load times and the fact that it mm. took up an insane amount of space in your hard drive. But there was nothing. There was nothing that told me that it failed at what it set out to do. It just I didn't want what it set out to do. I realized, so <laughs> I was very happy that that came to Game Pass for free, and I didn't have to pay for that because I would have been very upset. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that that in no way is worse than Watchdog Legion. Yeah, I think I'd agree. It just sounds like that game wasn't for you. I think a lot of people are yeah, enjoying it. That that's it. Just wasn't for me. Uh, great reviews from nearly everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Next up, we got totally reliable delivery service and super hot mind control delete. Uh, hmm. It's hard to get that riled up about totally reliable delivery service in similar vein to moving out. Like it's just a janky physics game. Like I, it's definitely not for me. But I also didn't think it was very fun, very big, very any of the quests very interesting. I will definitely never play this game again. Super hot. Tell us about that. Super hot is one of the ones that ends up on this list, I think, just because of how long the list is and it's not being a, a normally distributed list of good and bad games. Mm. Huh? Super hot mind control. I'm not going to get back into it anytime soon. I, I may never play it again, but it was fun and I had I had a good time with it. I don't regret the time I spent with it. Uh, and I think that they did a lot of interesting stuff to take the super hot formula and expand it out. I still I still feel that way. So I, I think that that's just a generally good game that ended up on this list due to circumstances outside of our control. <laughs> so I, I don't think super hot should move on. Right. I think really del- reliable delivery service should, uh, should instead right there with you. Um, Elderborn and final fantasy seven remake. Uh, tell us about or pitch us on Elderborn. Why is that the greatest game of the year? Oh God. Elderborn. It's a game that I, I remember playing a lot of. And every time we do this, I see it on the list and I think, Oh shit. Elderborn. God, I haven't thought about that <laughs> game since the beginning of the year. And the last time we recorded yeah. <laughs> every time we bring Elderborn it up. was a fun first person combat game that I, is just so forgettable. It, it is like bazooka Joe gum. <laughs> and <laughs> It, thankfully, it was priced like Bazooka Joe gum, so it wasn't really Five that much cents? of an issue. But yeah, it's a fantastic deal I got on <laughs> yeah, it. Fair enough. No, I think it was like fifteen, twenty bucks oh, at the okay. time, which is you know, which is cheap for PC games. Yeah, for sure. It, it's fine, but it's also completely forgettable. I don't remember it doing anything really of note. It, it's, it's just kind of there. It's it's just there. Yeah. It's a Wendy's burger. Well. I think I got nothing against it. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm gonna say I still want it to go forward just because Final Fantasy VII, and I'll, I'll give it. So the Final Fantasy VII remake episode, I like. I think I torched this game, and honestly, like I, I played it all the way to the end. I did enjoy moments of it. I mean, I spent like 60, 70 hours in this world. Um, what was it? What I wanted or needed or expected? No, it wasn't. But I think it's better than flavorless gum. Yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> so we'll move Elderborn on to the next round. Uh, up next, we got Bleeding Edge and Streets of Rage 4. Tell us about Bleeding Edge. Oh, I forgot about this. This game is selling for like $3 at Best Buy right now. Um, I Nothing about this game really worked. I was so bored of it after five matches. I was frustrated with it. Um, it just felt like I would 
I would walk for like five minutes at a time to get to any objectives or try and get into a fight. And then I would die in two seconds for reasons unknown, <laughs> um, even though I would play like tankier classes so I could learn the game. Um, yeah, it was just an ill-conceived melee arena game, but like with the same arena sizes of like an Overwatch game where you're actually moving around really quickly and getting in high octane combat. In this, you would just find where people were and just slap each other silly for fucking 30 seconds at a time, and then you'd have to run back. It was, yeah, it, the, the game simply shouldn't have come out if they wanted to release a melee combat arena game. I think there's a space for it, but this is maybe... One of the worst uh, examples of it (laughs) I've ever played or conceptualized. Streets of Rage 4? Streets of Rage 4 was a good game that I had a lot of fun with that, again, just ended up in uh, in this (laughs) list because I played more good games than bad games this year. All right, Bleeding Edge, congratulations. (laughs) Doom Eternal and Ghost Runner? By default. Doom Eternal was a bad game, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I don't think it was good. It is, it is, and I, I stand by this. I don't think it's a good Doom game. I think it's Ooh. a perfectly fine first-person shooter, That if that's what you want, but I don't think it it evolved the mechanics of the first, of the 2016 Doom in a way that makes it still feel like Doom. This feels like really, it makes it feel more like really violent t- Dishonored or something, or mm. first-person Prince of Persia with guns. Like, it everything they added that wasn't pointing and shooting at things felt superfluous <laughs> and pointless. Dune 2016 was a tight package and this is just gold leaf on a hamburger. It's stupid. <laughs> Not fun. That's a good. Way what about it. Ghost Runner? Um Ghost Runner it, you know, I I was frustrated with it. I I think there's a lot of weird design choices, but for what it was, I can kind of respect it. Um I did basically baby rage in the game out of frustration with it and it wasn't because of the <laughs> it wasn't because like the game was lol too hard it was because it was like just janky and i'd run at the wall and i just wouldn't like run on it and shit like that so it was like very frustrating but like i there was a vision there it was a good effort it just wasn't perfect so i i think i, I think i'm with you on doom eternal maybe being a, a greater disappointment yeah and i know that i am one of like six people who feel this way <laughs> so <laughs> yeah well yeah. soundtrack was good though uh what do we got here we got animal crossing and minecraft dungeons i went back and re-listened to our animal crossing uh episode where we talked about that and i regret that i didn't quite get across how much i hated that game <laughs> because i tried to be very metered and tried not to just rant for 30 minutes yeah. and i and i and i didn't get it across the way that i should have and animal crossing is a really difficult one because if you were gonna ask me what game summarized what 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 is the game of 2020 more than like the best game or the most innovative game, just like what is the game that so it's it's animal crossing it's 100 percent animal crossing that was everywhere it's what people were playing it's what people got into bought switches to play it was the game uh, on nearly every facet of talking about games both within the games industry and just in general pop culture animal crossing was fucking everywhere and it was the game the perfect game to come out during a pandemic it's a bad game and no one should play it (laughs) and i think it fails in so many ways that no one would accept if anyone other than nintendo made it if if ubisoft or ea made this game people would do nothing but shit on it (laughs) 
uh well minecraft dungeons was pretty good actually it's kind of unfortunate <laughs> it's not in this list so if you have any extra thoughts we can send animal crossing to the next round because it's clearly worse than minecraft dungeons god i hate hate <laughs> so much all right now, tell me about Drake Hollow, because that's up against Genshin Impact. Oh, what an ill-conceived, weird little game that was, like, <laughs> almost fun for a few minutes, and then it just, like, I don't even know where to begin with this one. Like, I definitely didn't play it long enough to get riled up uh, too much about it, because it was so, like, uninteresting. But, yeah, is the the base building was boring, the exploration was boring, it was kind of procedural, which, like... You know, procedural plus base building is definitely, like, it, it begs the question, what's the point? Like, why am I building a temporary base just to, like, it was one of the, what was that side-scrolling <laughs> um, game where you're on the horse? They made a couple of them. It kind of Kingdom? Yeah, Kingdom. It kind of reminded me of that, but Kingdom was, like, a much better game because it was like, <laughs> oh, I can see why we're moving on here. I can, I understand it. Um, Drake Hollow is just the dumbest version of that. Genshin Impact? Genshin Impact is such an interesting game, technically. And just, if I was going to show some, if I wanted to go back 20 years and show Teenage Andy, like, look at what games are. Genshin Impact is what I would bring, and I would show it to him on my phone. Like, that experience blew my mind. <laughs> the fact that I was playing an online game that was playing this buttery smooth on my fucking LG phone just blew my mind. It's a, it's a fine game. It's like it's boring. It's weird MMO mobile <laughs> Breath of the Wild with a horrible story that I could not care less about. But technically, I was very impressed with it. Sounds like there's some redeeming qualities to it. Yeah. So Drake Hollow. Yeah, Drake Hollow. Yeah. Sorry, you're too All good. Right. Get out of here. Let's move back up towards the top. We've now got Captain Subasa and Watchdog Legion. <sighs> Make, make your case for Watchdog Legion here. Well, this is an interesting one. I think my entire case is that while uh, Captain Subasa had shitty online features, Watchdog Legion still doesn't have fucking <laughs> online features. They were promised a month after release. Six months later. The game released in the middle of the pandemic. You can't just make the fucking pandemic your excuse. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's... I can't argue that. I can't. Captain Subasa sucks, but Watchdog Legion's had everything more going for it. <laughs> yeah. The core gameplay of Watchdog Legion is probably like equally uninspired to Captain Subasa's otherwise, I would say. Alright, Watchdog Legion's moving on up. Totally reliable delivery service in Elderborn. I feel like this is the matchup. This right here <laughs> is the one that the, that makes it for the me. The championship match coming too soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean you, yeah, I don't think you could pay me to play a totally reliable delivery service again. <laughs> I think it, yeah, that may be the difference where if you offered to pay me for it, I might forget that you did. <laughs> I might just forget the offer entirely because it is just, it's that fleeting of a memory. It is like a fart in the wind. Yeah, you know what? It's just gone. That, that may say more because Elderborn has been the butt of a lot of jokes this year about just what? It, <laughs> you played, a, I have, what is that game? Like, I still, like, I don't remember talking about it at all with you. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yep. All right. Moving Elderborn on. <laughs> yeah, wait, actually, you know what? Here, this may be it as well. Bleeding Edge and Doom Eternal. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, I, I'm going <laughs> to. 
I'm gonna die on this this uh, hill. I think bleeding edge. My God, like I it they did they try? I mean, it's like a it came from a good studio. It's the most confusing game that I think I've ever played. It's just like you guys know how to make games. Why did you think this was fun? Like what? What? <laughs> like pop Papa Microsoft make you th- put this out? Like I don't understand. This is. I think this is gonna be my thing here because Doom Eternal unlike you with Bleeding Edge where you are not alone in thinking Bleeding Edge was hot garbage as you said it's $3 at Best Buy <laughs> Doom Eternal is still lauded by everyone everyone loves this game except me and I would argue that this game had much further to fall than Bleeding Edge did and had a company of equal pedigree behind it but I would be the only one saying this. This is this is me standing outside Five Guys saying, I don't think these burgers are actually that great. <laughs> and everyone looking at me like, what are you talking about? Look at how many people are in Five Guys. <laughs> Look at how many Everyone's fries like, they give you. I'm like, oh no, I get the fries. I love the fries. I love Doom Eternal soundtrack. Great soundtrack. These burgers don't have a lot of flavor is my point. Also, There are more flavorful burgers out also, there. Also, what's the best one? Tell me how to make the best Five Guys burger. I'm not a chef. <laughs> Please just give me a number I can order, <laughs> a, a name on a board. Why are you doing this yeah, to me? Yeah, I have to read you like my fucking manifesto here. <laughs> give me and instead, burger. I just look like some weird hobo standing outside a burger joint who's shouting because he can't afford the food inside. <laughs> so I, I think this ultimately goes to Bleeding Edge as it's, I cannot fight this battle on my own. <laughs> this is not a battle I can win on my own. So I think that just has to go to you. Yeah, maybe that is what it is. I I, I haven't played uh, Doom Eternal. I'm still really interested in playing it. I don't know. I don't know if that has any bearing, uh, even despite what you've said. So yeah, I, 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 right, I guess so, I'm with you. Okay, we've got Animal Crossing and Drake Hollow. I, again, I think I'm just kind of in the minority here. I I. I I want people to hold Nintendo to a higher standard, to make better Pokemon games, to make better Animal Crossing games, <laughs> to just make better games in general. They can. They're capable of doing it. And when they do, it's incredible and they're very talented. But then sometimes they just fucking phone it in yeah. and everyone gives them a pass. I- and everyone <clears throat> gave them a pass for Animal Crossing except me and like a couple of people bitching on the Animal Crossing subreddit. <laughs> Who were just saying like, oh, why are you even here if you're going to complain about it? Because I want to love right it. Then. I want to talk about I wanna, it. I want to I be like you. Show me how to be like you. <laughs> Indoctrinate me, please. <laughs> um, yeah, I think with this matchup, uh, you can draw a lot of comparisons between the two games. Because like Drake Hollow is like it, all of its base building is so half-assed. All the exploration and the collecting like there's only one way to collect things in the game like i guess it's, it's just not substantial at all um i think if you couldn't compare the two directly as you could as we can um yeah i i, <laughs> I hear your fear and, and rage but it's it's such a bad it's like the worst possible version of animal crossing like if if this was an animal crossing game then i think everyone would actually hate it like yeah, the Drake first, Hollow it is. first 3D Animal Crossing game. All right, we got now Watchdog Legion and Elderborn. <laughs> I, I'm still Honorary. laughing. I'm looking at it, and I'm laughing that Elderborn is still on this in this tournament. That alone is making me laugh. So, 
I think that just gives it to Watchdog Legions overall. Like that's, I can't even. I can't come up with an argument. It's so. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. I, I, I think I'm like, I'm definitely like extra irritated with Watchdogs Legion just because it's such a step back for the franchise. Um, so I, but it is definitely on the the straight up bad side of games. Um. I don't know. Elderborn being forgettable versus Elderborn being a bad game. Where do you, where do you fall on that side of things? Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's just forgettable in oh. every possible way. So I, I say Watchdog Legions moving into the final final match here against the winner of Bleeding Edge and Drake Hollow. So this is uh, this is gonna be you. Uh, it's time for you to start monologuing. That's that's really interesting. Um, where do I start? These games are both kind of shite. <laughs> Bleeding Edge, I will never play again. Never, ever, 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 ever again. Drake Hollow, if they patched it a lot, I would play it again. I think I would. I would try it again. I'd see what sort of improvements they would make. It still like had potential. It was just so like such a cockamamie design. That's the only way I can think to compare these two. <laughs> this, is, this is a real <laughs> true bottom barrel showcase here. These these two, that may have well been the, the championship game if they were in different sides of the bracket. Um, yeah, I'd say Bleeding Edge moves on. So we've got Bleeding Edge and Watchdog Legion shaping up to decide who is the worst of the worst. Uh, I, Bleeding Edge... <laughs> only had an online component right right <laughs> i wish I, <laughs> to my knowledge i wish i wish it didn't have an online component like watchdogs legion <laughs> so that it just it just wasn't a game at all that's that's gonna be my logic i'm sticking to it <laughs> <laughs> so the loser is bleeding edge then am i reading that right i i don't think there's any way around it I I'm tr- I'm trying to monologue myself here. I just I'm quivering with rage at the thought of playing Bleeding Edge again. Watch Dogs Legion. I probably will still boot up a couple more times just to infuriate <laughs> myself, <laughs> and then I'll, the cycle will continue. Yeah, Bleeding Edge is definitely the worst game of the year. Bleeding Edge, worst game of the year. Let's let's um take a moment and and think about. The fact that people are still talking about Bleeding Edge in 2021. Yeah, you're welcome. Someone's out there still talking about it. <laughs> we are, we're the only pair that's still amplifying this game. And I don't know if we're amplifying <laughs> it for the right way, reasons. Now, let's move on to something a bit more positive, huh? Oh, fucking please. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure I even like video games anymore. What are we doing here? <laughs> Number, first matchup for our best of the best We've got Yakuza Like a Dragon and Deep Rock Galactic. That's our number one, number 16 matchup. Make your case. I absolutely love Yakuza. <laughs> I am like a, a schoolgirl over here. I Yakuza has reignited a love for JRPGs that it was long since lain dormant. Um, almost immediately after I finished a 100%ing it and beating the, the final, final dungeon, which required me to grind up like everybody's class to 99 several times i finished wrapped that up 
and then I immediately started playing another JRPG because I was so enamored with Yakuza that I was just like, <laughs> I'm not done. I put in over 100 hours into Yakuza, um, and then, yeah, I segued directly into Dragon Quest XI, which I also love, side side note, for, for very different reasons. Um, but yeah. I... It's it has definitely awakened something in me. I I'm a better person because of it. <laughs> I've I've realized what it means to be a man, Andy. <laughs> How do you feel about Deep Rock Galactic? <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know I, I. It's one of those games that I come to every once in a while when a buddy of mine and I are looking for something co-op to play. It's like oh, you know, let's see what they've done with Deep Deep Rock Galactic, and we play it for like three days and then oh, that's cool and then you know bail off of it for a while and that's a cycle that's been going on <laughs> since we bought it in early access a couple years ago uh I, I i can't really say that it's awakened anything inside me even when it was brand new and i was just learning about it you know it's it's fine i don't think it beats out your yakuza like a dragon though it, it's not make it's not making you a better man andy nah it's um it might have some issues with it it's I've got some complaints I'd issue, and there's some, there's just some general ideas and how lighting and everything works that like I just kind of wish I could cheat away from. So yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it's made me a better anything. Yeah, fair enough. I'm, I'm clearly on board with this. I'm not gonna, not gonna say anything. <laughs> All right, next up we got Hades and Star Renegades. I know, I know that I didn't rank Hades as high as other people did. What with it winning like every game of the year ever. I think it like people retroactively gave it last year's game of the year because they just loved it so fucking much. Mm. Um, I have nothing against Hades. I think it's really fun. It just never hit me quite as hard as everyone else. And I, I, I feel like I missed out on something mm. actually. Like I enjoyed, I put probably 20, 25 hours into it, but it just, it never was like that, that I've got to play one more round or I got to sneak in around before I do anything else today. Like it's, it's fine. It's a real, it's a real good, real good game, real good game. It's the, it's the first super, super massive or super giant, super massive, super massive, yeah, yeah. And, and I know that that this caused some consternation for you when I said it originally that it was the first super massive game that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> um, maybe your standards it, are just too high. Maybe yes, that's a hundred percent. My my standards are too high. Person whose top right game of the year is XCOM Chimera Squad. <laughs> Oh. that no one's talking about and i don't think anyone was talking about it when we talked about it shortly <laughs> after it was released how did an elderborn get into the upper bracket <laughs> so yeah it's um hades is, is good it's a really good game it's it's a solid b plus from me what about star renegades star renegades uh this is actually gonna be a hard one because i think i feel the exact same way about star renegades it's a very good game. As soon as I beat it the first time, I felt no reason to ever play it again. Um, I saw they released DLC. I was kind of curious about it. I booted it up, and then as soon as I was in the open world, the overworld, I was like, I don't want to play this again. <laughs> but I, but like even one playthrough takes a while. Like so, I probably put ten hours into it, um, maybe a little more. Um, really enjoyed that one playthrough, but I, I. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just it wasn't the the roguelike that I wanted it to be. Like it's a roguelike up until you sort of finish that first playthrough, and then it just doesn't iterate on itself creatively at all. From what I've heard, Hades probably does a better job of that. Yeah, I think it does, and I have 
occasionally gone back and played more Hades. Yeah. Like I, it's not something I've I've really like been champing at the bit to do, but you know, it's it's like Burger King. Yeah. Like I don't love Burger King, but Burger King's fine. Yeah. Uh, occasionally I get I get an urge for like their original chicken sandwich or something. So I, I would say my, my push would be for Hades to move forward because it sounds like I have a non zero amount of enthusiasm for it <laughs> and you have zero. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember coming off the game and like really really being like high on it and then it just like continued to just plummet like a GameStop stock. Just wouldn't <laughs> stop. <laughs> JK, by the time this comes out, it'll be up again. I don't know shit about stocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I haven't checked it in a while, but I'm sure I'm sure we're both broke. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't like being poor, Andy. <laughs> so, uh, third matchup here. We got Murder by Numbers and Deliver Us the Moon. Hmm. Murder by Numbers is something that I still feel really strongly about as a game that I'm glad exists. It's a hard one to recommend to people because it is an intersection of two very specific types of games that I know like two people who play. <laughs> and of the three people I recommended it to, one person said that there was too much pick pie cross and they just wanted to do the story. <laughs> and the other person said there was too much story and they just wanted to do pie cross. <laughs> so I can't really like say that. Like I thought it was really oh. nice balance. <laughs> and the third person that I had recommended it to also enjoyed it. So, ah. There are there is a second Andy out there because this there game was definitely made me. for you. Yeah, it was made for me. The only thing it's missing is some sort of weird hentai component <laughs> to just make it the perfect game. But you know that's fine. That's fine. We can make this uh, happen. Yeah, we can. We can. I'm sure hentai pie cross exists out there. You're, you're... I don't know if it also is a Phoenix Wright game, but <laughs> I mean, you're like I literally mean... filling in squares. So why not reveal the squares every time? Oh. It's so, it's so easy. Why didn't they think of it? <laughs> they probably did. They just wanted to sell games. They're, they're not perverts. Yeah, they <laughs> wanted to sell games. <laughs> I think perverts. Murder by Numbers is a really good game that would that would really appeal to a very small amount of people. And actually, as I've demonstrated with science, half of the amount of people that I thought it would. <laughs> so how was Deliver Us the Moon? Uh, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll run with your uh, thought process here. Deliver Us the Moon only appeals to one type of person, the person that really likes narrative games. There's technically combat in it, but it's really not. It like it exists in that you have to kill a few enemies, but it's not like, you know, swinging a sword combat. It's like, I think you have to shock them or something. So you're really getting into this for the narrative experience. Um, I remember the game being surprisingly beautiful, although I remember there being like frame rate issues um, but I think it was built on Unreal 4. So it's like a good-looking space game with a decent narrative. Um, you're going to see some of the twists coming. Um, but, you know, overall, enjoyable. Nothing I would ever recommend to anyone, though. So I guess that probably also <laughs> says a lot, too. <laughs> I, I, I probably just don't know a single person that would enjoy that game. Which is unfortunate, because it's not bad. So... I don't know. This is a tough one. Do, do you feel strongly one way or the other? Do you feel strongly like Deliver Us the Moon is a better game? No, no. I think Murder by Numbers should move on, to be very clear. Okay, okay <laughs> good. Yeah. Uh, all right. Murder by Numbers. Moving on. So we got Gears Tactics and Immortals Phoenix Rising. Tell, tell me about Gears Tactics. I don't really remember much about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised with Gears Tactics. Gears Tactics. 
in that it was uh, m more than met the eye. It was a surprisingly substantial tactics game. Uh, it fit really well in the Gears universe. It was fun to play with, like, you know, the, the chainsaw guns where you just run up to enemies and chop them in half, and doing that in a tactical, tactical fashion is, like, my wet dream. Um, <laughs> long, long term, though, I don't think there was, like, that much substance or I should say there's not there wasn't that much content to the game. You sort of were doing the same thing over and over again. It's pretty standard fare as far as a tactics game goes. While I was really impressed, obviously, with like how they really ingrained this sort of game in the Gears universe, I think if it was just a, a, a quirky startup tactics game, I would have been bored of it pretty quickly. I think there's, there's a certain satisfying element to the game that exists, but I think it was just sort of your run-of-the-mill run tactics game. And even uh, other side, which I think felt must have fallen right in between both lists because it well, didn't make an appearance in the lower bracket. I think even like lower <laughs> side is a more substantial tactics game, despite being much more frustrating. Other side was your number nine, so yeah, it was right between oh. the two lists. We we each had uh, two games that didn't make it onto the list. So yeah, I guess we'll just quickly point out your nine and ten were other side and Ori and the Will of the Wisps, yeah. and mine were Hot Shot Racing. And Fall Guys, which I think are two very mediocre games. <laughs> right in the middle, some Mac Dabarino. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Immortals Phoenix Rising is a game that I forgot that I played. We just and talked we didn't about talk it. about that. We just we talked just about, talk that, about like, that less than a month ago. <laughs> I have not thought about it since then. I meant to go play more of it, and I just I fucking forgot. I've been playing Payday 2 instead. <laughs> Payday 2, that game's like 30 years old. And was canceled by gamers like eight different times for eight different reasons. So <laughs> hashtag uh, uncanceled. Hashtag uncanceled payday too, please. <laughs> we need to get that community back going again. Immortals, uh, I guess I have it written in here as Fenton's sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, I had to update that for the the bracket. <laughs> Immortals Fenton's sacrifice is um it was like a solid B. It's very, it's it's like the, a higher quality Elderborn. Like, it's fine. Everything <laughs> it does is fine. Uh, except the story, which I didn't care about at all. But it's not anything that, I thought that I might go back to it. Clearly, I didn't. So, I, I think uh, Gears Tactics moves ahead. Because I remembered you talking about Gears Tactics more than I remembered talking about Immortals <laughs> Phoenix Rising, and it's a difference of like almost a year. Yeah, I we talked about, I talked about it last April, last right? May, May, last May, <laughs> and I remember that conversation more than the one that we had literally two weeks ago. Uh, oh so, my God. Gears Tactics. Uh, I, Gears I guess tactics. I, I, I can't uh, defend the Mort Morton Joe's penis rising, so go for it. <laughs> XCOM Chimera Squad was shockingly my my number one game of the year. <laughs> And it's another one that I kind of forgot that I played. It, what's it? What's it up against? Forfeit. Uh, oh right, I'm sorry. It's up against Carrion. Ah. You're number eight of the year, because that's how brackets work. <laughs> um, Chimera Squad's an interesting one to think about because I don't think anyone played it then. No one is talking about it now. No one is a hundred percent going to be talking about it in a year or two's <laughs> time. Like it's just, it's like. Far Cry 2. Like, no one talks about Far Cry 2 except me. No one talks about Chimera Squad except me, apparently. It was a lot of fun for a very short period of time. I have nothing but fond memories of it. Um, 
there was a snake woman in it that I thought was the the greatest thing to happen in video games in a long time. Just the <laughs> tactics and dealing with her. Was it because it was a this... hentai character? There wasn't even like really cool, sexy ro- la- lizard tits to look at or anything like that. Whoa. It was just that the tactics for her being able to pull people to different parts of the board and that i remember being the idea that you could pull people different parts of the board you could pull people out of enemy fire but also pull people through overwatch fire which is like the if someone crosses through this people will fire instinctively and so being able to pull people through that being able to pull people in front of you to shield you from enemy fire was just like all of that was an amazingly interesting tactical puzzle that one character gave you. It was far more interesting than so much of the rest of the game. <laughs> but I, I still think about that tactical puzzle and that I hope someone will take that and build onto that into like that being its own tactics game, that kind of pulling you and pushing you across the board as part of a tactics battler. Cause that was really cool. And like Disgaea has that a little bit with the throwing people that, it, that, that is yeah. Disgaea, right? That I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, I think the the printies can do some throwing or something, and maybe some of the odd characters. Yeah, and so like that that becomes part of like oh, you can pick up a guy and chuck him there, and they can do damage. Yeah. But this like this was just really pulling that into a whole other world of being able to m- manipulate your own people and other people into danger, out of danger, through like really cool stuff. So that yeah, I I loved that game. Now that I remember that I played it. <laughs> I was going to say, you remember a lot more than uh, I thought you would have. Once I got going, once I got going, I remembered it. But it was, yeah. you know, like, like I had to get there. I had to get that that momentum. Comparing it to Carrion, you know, I I think I probably enjoyed it more immediately after. And I wasn't even that high on it then. Um, as it's just stated, the things that I remember were sort of like the, the, the uninteresting exploration, some of the weird movements, the fact that enemies didn't respawn. So, like, once you did a zone, you were just done. And when you had to, like, go and re-explore it to find some item that you couldn't get through to before, um, you just sort of slid through past everything. It felt more like a, a chore than it did a, a gameplay mechanic. Um, it's it's the absolute most run-of-the-mill Metroidvania game you could ever imagine, uh, even though the concept is very interesting. You're playing this big blob that gets bigger and eats people and is murdering people in this like underground military silo. Um, but yeah, it just, it just seemed like the gameplay was just sort of uninspired. Uh, it was much more inspired by, uh, you know, uh, you know, concept choices than anything. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'd say you, you still sound passionate about Chimera Sp- squad, but despite uh, nobody talking about it anymore. Yeah, Chimera squad is kind of like, being reminded of a girl you had a crush on in high school. Like suddenly it all comes flying back. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. And when she volleyball, like you hadn't thought about her in 20 years, but now the second that someone mentions her name, it all just comes flying. Yeah. Oh, Daisy. I remember. Uh, Tell me about Dragon Ball Z Kakarot up against monster train. Oh, this is a weird one. Cause since we've recorded (laughs) this episode, I've played monster train and I played monster train a lot. And then I played a monster train a lot more. So, fair warning, I, 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 this is going to be a conflicted one for me. Do, do you want to just take both of these? No, no, no. But Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, um, I, I was surprised at how good it was. When the first game first announced, it just looked like another absolutely undoable like anime property uh, adaptation. 
I, I d never had any hope for it. My expectations were nearly zero. I actually really enjoyed this game. <laughs> like, it was a lot of fun. The exploration <laughs> was substantial in some regards. Um, you're, you can fly around a lot. Um, it feels really good. The aerial combat was surprisingly good. It was really a substantial game. It, it, I've never played an anime adaptation quite like it. I may never play it again or play huh. a game like it again. <laughs> Probably won't play it again. I did 100% it. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Um, Monster Train. Monster Train is such an interesting game because it wears its inspirations like, not even like on their sleeve, like literally a t-shirt that says, we wanted to make Slay the Spire. <laughs> but it, so it, it elevated it with just doing obvious things and doing weird shit. And in extremely inelegant ways, like there's so much of the, the conceit of Monster Train that the core around it is weird and janky and kind of forced together, mm. but it all works so well. It It is so much better than it has any right to be for a game that is, it feels so much just like a couple of kids saying, oh my God, what if Slay the Spire had this? Oh my God, wouldn't it be cool if you could do this? Oh my God, we could make that game. <laughs> like that's what it feels so much like and so many of the things in that game are just like oh yeah we're not gonna do that we're just like just instead of that like you go left or right and you just pick the thing it's either left or right. we're not yeah. doing a whole map we're not do i don't know how to i don't know how to make that map so just go left or right that's what it's gonna be like that's it has those moments where it almost feels like they just threw it in there because they didn't know how to do it the way that slay the spire does <laughs> not that, not to, to denigrate them because they're very talented what they did but it just has those kind of moments but it's so good. It's so much fun. And it's it stands on its own away from Slay the Spire really well as like its own game. It deserves to exist. It can exist. It's not just something to play when you need a break from Slay the Spire. It is its own game in every right. Yeah, but there's I also something agree. that could be said. The fact that like everything I've just said was just talking about Slay the Spire in a lot of ways. Well, we are in Slay a the Spire is also Spire world. Yeah, then we are. It's it's you can't escape it when you're playing a game when you're playing a deck building game on PC or on a console. You're gonna get comparisons to Slay the Spire. That's mm -hmm. just the way it is now. I, I think this is. I think Monster Train's fantastic. I think it's gonna stick around for a while. I do not think it is a flash in the pan the way that some people thought it was when it first came out and a lot of people were streaming it. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm constantly amazed by like. Uh, it, like you said, uh, you, you go into it and it all seems sloppy and then you play a ton of it and you're like, oh, I see exactly why they did that. Or, oh, that's, this makes sense now, <laughs> now that I've played this <laughs> enough. So it, it's it's a truly remarkable game and not just remarkable um, in in a vacuum that like Dragon Ball Z is in, which is a, <laughs> a, a lack of any <laughs> real good anime games. Um, so I think I agree with you that monster, or maybe I don't, I, I think monster train is the better game personally. I don't know how you feel. Yeah, I, I do as well. I think, I think monster train is something that is going to be, that will continue to stand on its own. And in 10 years time will be pointed at like it pointed at the way people point at like saints row at the way that it was able to distinguish itself from a lot of other GTA clones hmm, that yeah. were just like games that no one talks about anymore. Like, True Crime Streets of LA or State of Emergency. 
like Saints Row was able to find its own thing, and even though it felt janky at times, it was its own entity. Yeah. Monster Train is is going to be that, and I will not. I would not be surprised if we get a sequel to Monster Train, and if Monster Train and Slay the Spire oh, just continue to coexist. Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. I want a Monster Train too right now. What are you? What are we doing? Let's make that. <laughs> um, this is also to, worth noting our first uh, upset so far of the the upper bracket. Oh, is it really? Yeah, yeah. Dragon Ball huh. Z came in at the, the 7 seed, and Monster Train's at the 10. Not a huge up, uh, that, upset, but it's happening. That That is the benefit of getting in earlier in, or getting in later in the year. Yeah. <laughs> that, getting that Oscar push in Monster Train. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so now we've got, uh, what do we got? We got Desperados 3 and Paper Mario the Origami King. Desperado 3 is still a great game. Um. I regret every day that I don't go back and, you know, do the last couple of missions because it's a really good game. It's a really traditional Western narrative that's really fun. The gameplay is really satisfying. Um, it's clearly incredibly well designed. Like, they, there's every every inch of every placement of every object and every single NPC was placed with such care and... Uh, consideration it, it's un- unbelievable um that being said game's certainly not for everyone it's essentially a stealth stealth top down you know isometric game so i can see how watching a trailer may not be super appealing to most um I, it wasn't super appealing to me when i watched the trailer but it, it came along with a free demo thank god i tried it i've been in love with it ever since paper mario paper mario origami king is simultaneously one of the best and worst Paper Mario games. <laughs> I, I like the Paper Mario series a lot. The The world they created, the exploration of it, all of the things folded paper. I love how much Nintendo has embraced their characters in worlds populated by physical objects. That things like like uh, Yoshi's Woolly World, Yoshi's Crafted World, this Paper Mario, like everything is being built in a way where it feels like it's a miniature, it's a diorama, and it's it's awesome that they're doing that. It works so well for the style of their games, but the combat system in Paper Mario, the Origami King, is farts, and I don't like it. And I, it is the reason I stopped playing it, because I just got no joy from doing those combat puzzles, and I just had to move on to something else. Uh, so I'm, it's not, it doesn't deserve to go forward. <laughs> no, well, simple enough. I'm, simple enough, yeah. I am still incensed that they changed the battle system that much. Still. And I will never play that game. So angry. It, it would have been great. It would have been a lot of fun if they had used just their, the standard Paper Mario battle system. But they just had no interest in doing that. Nintendo had to be weird again <laughs> and couldn't just make a game. Just make a game like you did before, but with slight improvements. Just yeah. iterate on a thing you already had for once. No. No, we're going to just invent it from scratch no. again. <laughs> or we're going to do exactly what we did before and not iterate on it at all. Including all the stuff that was shit and outdated ten years ago. <laughs> Animal Crossing. Yeah, whoa! <laughs> Shots from the dark. <laughs> so... Last, we've got Crusader Kings and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I really love Crusader Kings. It was, uh, you know, one of my top three games of the year. It's so good. Everything about that, the way that the interface just tells you everything you need to know and makes it so easy to dive into 
every aspect, uh, every every little lever that's being pulled, everything that's being set in the game that causes things to run a certain way, made me feel really good about why things were happening the way they did, which is so important in strategy games. Yeah. You have to feel like you understand why the enemies are making decisions that they are and why people are reacting to you the way they are, why things are succeeding, why things are failing. And Crusader Kings did that so well. It's rare that I find a game that I want to keep playing the situations that I'm guaranteed to lose because it's so much more, it's so interesting to try and do better, even though I know I'm going to lose. Hmm. Just like to keep fiddling with those and, and seeing, well, maybe there was a way to, to get a little closer to success. I know I'm never going to get there, but how far could I have gotten? <laughs> yeah. What about Assassin's Creed Valhalla? Well, I'm pretty bored of that game. <laughs> keep, keep meaning to go back and uh, finish it up, but I just just can't compel myself to for some reason. I booted it up like three times lately. Just looked around in the world and be like, wow, it's so pretty. And then I look at what I have to do, and I'm like, I don't want to do that. And then I'll boot something else up. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've played a bit of Crusader Kings 3 as well, so I'm just going to save myself the breath and say Crusader Kings 3 should move on. All right, sounds good. All right, now we are on to our final four here. Nope. Uh, nope. That's not how works. <laughs> Sim- simply incorrect, Andy. <laughs> just for our, our, for our set of four matchups <laughs> with eight total games. Ah, sick recovery. Ah. Yeah, no one's going to get that. <laughs> that uh, elite uh, eight in, in NCAA terms. Yes. Now we're moving on to our elite eight. Uh, Dietrich, if you could edit that to make me sound smarter, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> oh. I, we've got Yakuza Like a Dragon and Hades. This is a tough one. Except I think it should go to Yakuza like <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious. Just because you have such enthusiasm for that, and I've got, like, fair to middling levels of enthusiasm for Hades. Yeah. Like, a, a birthday party Mylar balloon a couple weeks after the party. Like, it's still floating, but it's... Eh. Just don't have the heart to, you know, stick it with a fork. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, if I, if I was going to add anything, I, I've... I've single-handedly promoted this game to half of the United States, I'm pretty sure, at this point. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm quite bullish on this game. Um, so I, I think I, I probably agree. But I've also heard Hades is straight up the game of the year. So, I mean, if you can, if you can find a way to argue it, I'm all ears. I, I, I'm, I'm happy to tell you what other people have said, but it's not what I said. <laughs> and I don't think that that's fair. fair enough. I don't think that's fair to tell you. That that's a good thing when I I, I just don't I don't agree. You're right. I don't yeah. agree. Okay, so it goes Yakuza onwards to the the final four, the actual final four. Yes, <laughs> yeah, not that fake final four that I psyched you guys all out with. <laughs> Fucking sick prank. Um, got him. Got him. <laughs> murder by numbers and gears tactics. You know, I think in this situation. Murder by Numbers ends up being kind of like one of those ramen burgers. Remember when those were a big thing a couple years ago? Yeah, I still haven't tried one. They look kind of good, I think. Yeah, and that's that's I kind of think like people are gonna look at it and be like, yeah, maybe that could be fun. But it's only gonna appeal to like like to one percent of people who actually eat a ramen burger and say, yeah, I want to eat more of this. I want to eat this again. <laughs> Whereas I feel like Gears Tactics probably has a bit more of a wider appeal. That's that's an interesting thing. I think I've only recommended to people in. In the, in the, 
the phrase I'm looking for. Um, with with the notion that they probably will only like it if they like Gears. So that's like an extra layer that they have to enjoy. I was like, like, would you recommend Murder by Numbers to someone who doesn't necessarily? I think you have does doesn't necessarily like Picross or narrative based oh, games. I thought the people that I was um, recommending this this game to liked both of those things. Yeah. So. It just didn't hit them the right way. If you did not like Picross games, I would say that this game is the opposite of what you should buy. <laughs> because it does it has two things. It has solving a crime through narrative Phoenix Wright type gameplay and doing Picross puzzles. Yeah. And if you don't like either of those if it's one of those two things you don't like, don't buy this game. Because you're saying that you're not gonna like one out of every two things you do. And that's not a good reason to buy a game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I start to have mixed... I, I I think I had mixed feelings about Gears Tactics in the last round, but Immortan, Immortals Phoenix Rising uh, <laughs> is just so subpar that it, it got on. So it's, it's hard for me to, you know, champion or argue on behalf of Gears Tactics because I think, again, I think it's just the okayest. Um, it really I, is I think... just a Gearsy okay tactics game. I mean, we can move it forward, but again, like... Back to the ramen burger, like, I just, I don't think a ramen burger can win best burger because it's too niche and it's not really, like, it, it, there's not enough people who want it. it. So it can't be the best burger because it... Yes, it, it's also it like a violates... bit of a bandwagon fallacy. It's like, I, I don't think I'd recommend Last of Us 2 to a single person and it's because it's depressing, like, just because it's a really good game. I wouldn't, I just wouldn't inflict that upon someone. Well, um, I mean, this, this kind of we can get into a whole thing of what is what makes the best game of the year and how do you how do you quantify that how do you really judge that because then this is i think this is a conversation we've had where if you go back to the years especially in the 70s and 80s and look at what won best picture and what was nominated for best picture mm. and then look at what movies people actually still talk about from those years are vastly different <laughs> in a lot of cases yeah, yeah. annie hall <laughs> that, beat star wars yeah, and like, who fucking cares about Annie Hall anymore? Everyone, <laughs> especially after that documentary that I know nothing about, but I've heard is pretty damning. <laughs> it's not great. <laughs> but like, like what's the one? Like the year of living dangerously. Who talks about that movie ever? Was that a a winner? Yeah, <laughs> I've Linda that... Hunt won awards for that, and like, then I must have. Seen I love it, Linda Hunt. She's great, entirely. and I'm happy that she's making money on CSI, but or no NCIS. <laughs> but like, you're living dangerously. Who talks about that? Who talks about Shakespeare in Love anymore? Anyone? <laughs> Does anyone talk about that movie ever? <laughs> Fucking Argo. <laughs> like that, the Argo Crash. These movies. <laughs> no yeah. one talks about these movies. Some of these are actually bad movies. <laughs> And that's where, like, the, the the concept of game of the year is such a weird one because I'm sure we could go back and fight back when and get, there hasn't been something like the Academy nominating winning games in, in for the same length and with the same uh, standards and repeatability that we've had for you know in games, oh yeah, that we do in like for the Oscars. But you could go back and look at what various people were saying was the best game of the year and then look at what games people actually talk about from that year and probably find a lot of games that people like, what was that again <laughs> you're talking about what now uh, yeah i i mean on on that notion I, I don't know how much people will be talking about gears tactics in the future um 
I think it'll become essentially like Halo Wars. Like a second one will come out and then it'll die again forever. But it'll probably won't come out for ten more years. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't advocate for Gears Tactics in this case, and so if if you don't feel at all strongly about Murder by Numbers, like you know what, then I will advocate for Murder by Numbers, if only because I think it succeeded at everything it sought out to do. I think it's just what it sought out to do is extremely niche and has a very limited amount of appeal for people in general. Mm. It's again a perfect game for me, and I loved it, but. <laughs> It's also like the perfect game for me and one other person that I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, no, I don't, I don't remember people talking about it other than you leading up to its launch. So, I, I mean, it's, it's an indie darling. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, um, Among Us was that until it exploded, right? Yeah, I don't think this is gonna have that same mimetic <laughs> appeal, but um, so I gotta be the next big YouTube sensation. We'll move it on. I'm sure it has it has a a great future for itself in this in this tournament. I'm, I mean, if you've been doing this at home, you can tell that it's definitely gonna make it through a bunch more rounds. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've Easy got, next oh, round. This is this is an all Andy round. Uh, XCOM Chimera Squad Monster Train. It's gonna go to Monster Train because as much as I loved XCOM Chimera Squad that I'm remembering, I I actively remember loving Monster Train throughout this entire year. <laughs> Monster Train is a lot of fun and I think is going to has had an impact on games at all. Yeah, more long, than two people have talked about it. it. Uh, I played it in June was okay, yeah, uh was when we talked about it. And I still remember, I still like it. I still jump back into it every once in a while. Not often, not as much as I I do other games, but it, it's in it's at the exact same level of Slay the Spire for me, where I will jump back into it and have a little fun with it. I have not touched Chimera Squad since I beat it. And I don't I doubt that I will. I will. I will go back and play XCOM 1 or 2 or some other tactics game again before I touch Chimera mm. Squad. So that that's an easy uh, easy one for Monster Train for me there. Wow. That's also a pretty big upset, too. That's That was your number one seed uh, taking down the uh, number 10 overall. <laughs> or getting taken down by the number 10 overall. Monster yeah. Train. <laughs> yeah. My, the the Cinderella train. story of the year. <laughs> I'm sure there's some way I could co-opt that Trump train meme that was going around for a while to talk about Monster Train, but I don't really remember <laughs> don't it well enough. That, I mean, that is. So, well, you're you're lucky. You've oh. lived a, a blessed life. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Desperados 3 and Crusader Kings 3. Ooh, this is an interesting matchup. Yeah, make your case. <clears throat> Desperados 3... Desperados 3 <laughs> is a very good game that I also probably wouldn't recommend to that many people. Um, it's a really hard sell. Uh, really hard sell. I really, like, I, I have to sit somebody down and force them to watch me play a full mission and be like, do you get it now? Do you get it? And they probably still won't. But this game, this game is just a, a beautiful symphony that, of things that occur and that it all comes together right at the end where the map shows everything you've done um, throughout the course of this huge, huge map, the maps that they build. Um, you're, there's so few like truly satisfying games that you have to like iterate upon in, in like a short-term sense. I don't really know how to explain it. It's, it's a game that you're going to fail at and have to go back to checkpoints constantly but the checkpoints are set by you you find a good stopping point you you do a quick save it's one button press 
and then you try something crazy, and a lot of times it doesn't work out, and it's hilarious. <laughs> um, and sometimes it does work out, and then you're like, how the fuck did that work out? And your adrenaline's pumping, and you do another quick save, and you do that again about 100 times. Um, that that gameplay loop, again, not, not for everyone. It can be stressful. It can be taxing. I'm someone who likes Dark Souls, and I'm playing, I was playing that game on this game on hard. So it was like extra challenging for me. Maybe normal's actually fairly reasonable and you only need a couple of save points or whatever. But it is um it's a very unique game. None of the other games on this list are like it. I don't know if I've played another game in my life like it. Maybe that's also part of the appeal. Um yeah, that that pretty much covers it. Crusader Kings 3. Some of what you're saying about uh Desperados 3 reminds me of the loop that you have in the Hitman games. Hmm. Of like getting to a point of like, well, I, I'm just going to see what happens if I shoot this guy. Can I, I think I can do this. <laughs> I don't know. So I'm going yeah. to, oh, no, that didn't work. That didn't work. Yeah. So I've never played a Hitman game, so I can't confirm or deny. Maybe I would actually really enjoy those Hitman <laughs> games. Yeah. It, it's, it has that same kind of loop. Crusader <laughs> Kings 3 is such an interesting game because I tried to play Crusader Kings to or Crusader Kings 2 and Crusader Kings 1 and other games like this and they never worked for me I never actually bought it like I tried it and I was like okay I kind of get it but also like what the fuck is happening what what is all of these things you want me to do hmm. it'd be a difficult one to recommend because I feel like you have to almost trick people to play it yeah, you know, it, it's kind of like a it's like a Beyond Burger. Like you almost have to tell people it's not a it's it, don't <laughs> tell people anything about it. Let them have a bite <laughs> and then say, like, did you know that's actually not meat? Because otherwise people are just going to go into it and look at that interface and be like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> How long what is the is tutorial? This? Three hours? What? <laughs> no. <laughs> but if you can get them to do it, if you can get them to take that bite and judge it like a regular and like, oh, wow, this actually, you know. This is pretty good. Yeah. This, you know, with them ketchup and some barbecue sauce, this is a pretty good fake burger. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's a tough sell. I I I think you'd be yeah, very hard are. pressed to get someone who didn't game at all to touch Crusader Kings. Yeah, I I've also played Crusader Kings three, and it's it really is the problem. Is like, look. If you sit down and invest three hours of your life to learning, like, not just, like, like going through tutorials. I'm talking about you're, like, learning dozens of systems. Like, just sit there and absorb it all. It'll be the best time you ever spent because you're going to lose 100 hours of your life immediately after. But, yeah, it's it's very hard to sell to get anyone to sit down and actually do that. And this is the easiest it's ever been to learn this game. <laughs> yeah. It's never been easier. It is infinitely easier now than it was in Crusader Kings 2, and it's still several hours of learning. And then, like, I I was playing with playing and chatting with someone at the time who was very familiar with these games. And so I was able to ask them, like, hey, why can't I do this? Like, oh, yeah, no, you can't do that until you do this. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just, that's not always clear why yeah. you can't do that. <laughs> wasn't well, covered like, in I, the three-hour tutorial. If I didn't have him to explain all this to me, I probably would have had even more time sitting and read. Like it went faster for me than normal, and it still took an ass load of time. <laughs> so, I I kind of think maybe Desperados takes this for that for that reason that it is Crusader Kings Three is so unapproachable 
and it's the most approachable it's ever been. Yeah. Yeah, Desperados 3 really takes its time introducing mechanics. It's it's not a game that <laughs> has that barrier to entry whatsoever. It just may not appeal to everyone. But also, yeah, Crusader Kings 3 has that problem as well. Even after three hours of tutorials, you may figure out, oh shit, this is definitely not my type of game. Yep, and there are so many systems that don't even get covered in that tutorial because there are whole things that like they explain like, oh, you've got this and you've got this and here's how religion works and this and that. And then you go play, oh yeah, you're a tribe. Oh, that's entirely different. We didn't even mention that. That's an entirely, <laughs> it's not like you've just, it's not like in you know a Civ game where you switch from one version of a, of a religion to another and it affects like two sliders. Yeah. Like it's an entirely different menu. It's an entirely different set of concepts. Yeah. Everything is different now. You have to when you're... change, like, you have to go through a tribunal to change any single thing about your religion or, like, how your society is built. You're effectively playing an entirely different mini game in that, within that game. It's insane how overly complicated it is. So <laughs> much fun. If you can get it, if you hit it just right, yeah. and if you let it hit you and you let it just, like, all the stupidness be there. Or if you get, a, get away with an assassination or something, you're like, did, oh did my I really God, get away with it? Oh my when God. You, when you actually pull shit off in that game, when you <laughs> somehow make it so that this huge empire is now being run by a three-year-old, <laughs> you get that moment of like, oh my God, look at what I did. And then you get that, that, that like, I can't think of a better term, term for it than like post not clarity of like, oh wait, this this nation being run Devil's by a laughter. three-year-old doesn't actually have the effect that a nation being run by a three-year-old should have. Because it's <laughs> like you realize that it's all sliders behind the scenes. It's but millions of them. And like, oh, it doesn't actually really matter. Oh, I, I was able to capture his fucking brother. But it's actually just the same as having any other prisoner. <laughs> Like this should this should turn the tide of battle. The fact that I've captured his wife and his brother, but it doesn't. He doesn't give a shit because they they're not programmed to handle that any differently. Yeah. No. War means war. Yeah. It's so, I I think I think uh, for that for those reasons, Desperados three needs to move forward. Yeah, I think I think I'm with you there. Um, so now we have probably the hardest matchup we're going to have all day. Yakuza like a dragon and <laughs> murder by numbers. First of all, a round of applause for murder by numbers making it to the, the final four. <laughs> right? That is, who who uh, would have guessed? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> fucking impressive. Yeah. Um, I think this is where murder by numbers triumphant upsets <laughs> stop. Uh, I, I, again, I love, I don't know what else I can say. I love it. But it's a game that was made for me and two other people. <laughs> I, I think Yakuza yeah, does have more more broad appeal. And I, I know a lot of people that I've I forced to either watch, look at memes or watch videos of it or actually play the game. They've all enjoyed what they've seen or been interested in it. So, um, yeah, get fucked, murder by numbers. <laughs> like a dragon moving on to the final or the, the final two. Nailed it. I know uh. sports. And uh, Monster Train and Desperados 3. Now, these you've both played both games. of these, so you're in a unique position to have opinions on both of them. I really love Monster Train. I think it's a great game. I know I'm going to be playing it in 2021. I 
there's a good chance I'll be playing it in 2022 because I know I've been playing Slay the Spire for three years now. <laughs> so I think I think my prime if if that's the argument, I think my primary motivator for getting back into Desperados three would be to say that I completed it. I don't. It's definitely not got the Monster Train replayability. Um, it doesn't have. It's not quite as addictive. Um, Desperados is addictive in its own way, and it's that it's like an extremely rewarding uh, gameplay loop. Um, and I, I draw Dark Souls comparisons sometimes to it, but only not because of the gameplay, but because of that feeling you get when you're you successfully get through a, a, an entire map or a tricky, specifically tricky area or something. Um, that's when the game really shines and you get that adrenaline hit that's sort of like no other. But Monster Train, ultimately, I think, is the the more fun of the two. It's the more accessible of the two. If you like card games whatsoever, this is a fantastic game. Um, Desperados 3, I don't think, necessarily appeals to people who like stealth games or top-down games. <laughs> um, so... Do you it, remember what it was you said about Monster Train uh, last time we, before we recorded the last episode? I, I'm trying to remember what it was that you said. It was some some comparison you made of, at the beginning of, of playing, you look at X and you think, what the fuck are these? Get out of here. And then after you've played for like a hundred hours, you're like, oh shit, those are actually the most important things. I get it now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that, that, that's actually absolutely true. It's like, it's sort of an organic learning experience and also an exercise in just appreciating game design. Like there's, there's so much intelligence that went into building a game like monster train. And I mean, obviously both of them, but monster train sort of this, like, ah, I, I, I use this to describe Desperado. So I want to say it, but it's like this beautiful symphony that like only starts to come together after you've listened to it a hundred times. Um, Monster Train reminds me of those shitty clips you'd see from stuff like American Idol or America's Got Talent, where you've got some, like, dumpy-looking dude who talks with a weird accent and has two teeth, and everyone's laughing at him, and then he starts singing opera. <laughs> like, and everyone starts crying, and, it, like, it's, you know, it's viral, and he goes on Gail King Live the next week. So, 100%. that's... <laughs> that's what monster train feels I, like to me is like you look at it and you're like nah it's not gonna and then it then the second yeah. it hits them oh my god it's so good i think i think i'm just doing my due diligence here and buying time because i think i agree that monster train is the better of the two games okay there so i've now, said it i've said it we now move on i feel dirty but i've said it a fascinating final game here with a number 10 and a number one Monster Train and Yakuza Like a Dragon. Again, you are uniquely seated to talk about both of these games. This Just, is actual what are your madness. Thoughts? This is actual madness, and I hate every bit of this. I don't remember being this conflicted um, last year. No, nor do uh, I. <laughs> it, the weird thing about this is both of these games came out quite a while ago. Uh, Yakuza in November and I started playing it immediately and monster train, you, know, you said you played it in June, probably came back out a little earlier than that or something. Yep. I played both of these in the last two weeks. Um, quite a ways after when I first started both of them, quite a ways after when they were released, they're both such good games. I don't even know where to begin. Andy, take it away. You figure this out for me. <laughs> I think that, Monster Train being here, because last last year, our final was 
Outer Worlds and Control, which was our number oh, two yeah. and number three seed in in that bracket. And very, that very I mean again, the number three and number four seed. Really interesting that that, that was our final matchup. Mm. But both really good games. And now that I've gone and I, I've played Control since then, I you know I feel more confident that the decision we made back then was the right one. Control is just a better game. I loved Outer Worlds, but yeah, it's just a better game. I don't, I mean, Yakuza Like a Dragon would have to be really, really fucking fantastic for me to think that it's better. Monster Train has beaten out four games in my mind that are, it is looking at my top eight, it's the best of all of them. As far as just an overall... I think it's a better game than Hades, just as far as the engagement, the level of strategy, the complexity of that strategy, the way that strategy dawns on you slowly over time, and the way that those combinations of of characters and cards and upgrades in those cards, you make those clicking very much like Slay of the Spire in that, oh shit, they'll let, they'll let me combine these two things. And that'll be horribly overpowered. I can't believe they're letting me do this. Oh man, yeah. And then, and then you feel so smart and powerful. And then the game so effortlessly points out, like, yeah, but you forgot about this. You left that wide open there. You put everything here because you were so clever. And now look at this. Look at that. You just that window right there, right there. I can just go in right there, and you're done. Hey, oh, this game is so much smarter than I am. This game, this little three-toothed dumpy man on stage is so <laughs> much smarter than I am. Oh, Andy's wearing me down. Oh, no. And, and, it, and it has, because that package of it being a three-toothed dumpy man is there the whole time, it, it, you never, it, like, it. it's always disarming. It's always <clears throat> making me think that it's just... It's a little like there's that you know like oh that, that just looks like a xenomorph. Come on, guys, <laughs> what do you do? Did you put any effort into this? You put a lot of effort into this. Like I get that that's just a xenomorph and and like that's just that's effectively poison from like Slay the Spire's poison mechanic. Yeah. But also <laughs> the, the, the frostbite. Yeah, but also yeah, I, I couldn't remember the right. Time. I was going to say ice, but yeah, frostbite. Like that's just effectively poison. But also you, it's so disarming how. I would almost bet that it was intentional. There's a part of me that would believe <laughs> that it's meant to throw you off and make you feel stupid when it just proves how much smarter so, it is than you. Again, I mean, in that regard, I think maybe too much praise, but I agree with everything <laughs> you're saying. Well, because I just I can't, I can't say anything about like a dragon, so all I can do is argue on Monster Train's behalf. What, what I'm going to have to do is reach deep down into the, my bowels and find everything I didn't like about both games, and then we'll yeah, have to maybe fair. take it from there. That's um, fair. Monster Train recently, one of the things that sort of burnt burnt me out on it is once if, if I fail a run, I'll typically change up my combination. Um, you mm -hmm. talked about it in the episode, but there's, there's five different races, and basically you put, play as a primary race and then like a backup race, which has like different the cards from the other deck without having a champion from that deck um one of the th I, I i cannot figure out a way to get umbra to work which is one of the five races in um higher circles uh, i forget what the covenant they call it covenants every time you win you, you can do a harder covenant um i think i'm on 19 or 20 right now and i haven't been able to do a single umbra one and i've tried 
every possible combination multiple <laughs> times because I keep thinking that there's got to be something that I, I'm too stupid to understand because in this well-designed game, <laughs> that like clearly they, they must have put something in here that will work. And I keep trying it and I keep hoping you'll get that like slay the spire moment um, where it's like, oh, I get it now. Like I can make, I can do this combination. I haven't been able to figure it out for an entire race in the game. Um, so <laughs> that's, that's very fair. Um, yeah. Um, uh, some races are clearly much better than others. Um, for a while I was just like cheesing, um, the cultivate strat with the awoken, which is like the, the plant, the plant girls. Yep. Um, yep. So you, you basically like you do this cultivate strat, you get, you, you only need a short board, so you don't need to expand it that much. And then, you're just sort of building up this one creature, and they have, like, multi-strike creatures. This is all inside baseball. But anyway, I, I basically just ran that train into the ground, and then I was like, this is too easy. Now I have to figure out how to how, how else I can play the game. Um, so where the game sort of falls apart to me is in, like, the I guess in the, the later challenges. Um, mm. Especially because the early challenges... Like I, I, I didn't lose a run for like my first three or four runs. So I was on like Covenant five before I was finally starting to, you know, hit hit a wall or so to speak. Um. So yeah, like I, just for the sake of argument, I'm speaking about this. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yakuza is very different in the sense that it doesn't feel well designed. It it feels homagey in a lot of ways. It's it's so over the top that you can't help but smile constantly by playing the game. But like they spent so much time making a fun and enjoyable experience that they didn't spend any time, like really fine tuning the game. Um, a lot of money is spent in the cinematics and the animations and, you know, it's a good looking game, but it's not like, it's not next gen good looking. They have, they have an update for, for Series X, it's been out for a while. I think the PS5 one just launched this week, and I don't think people are going to see that much of a difference because it's it, that's not what you go and play those games for. Um, but it's it's stupid fun. I think part of you has to maybe enjoy uh, Japanese culture, which I do. Um, probably have to enjoy some of some anime tropes, which they sort of sort of come out in a lot of the characters. Um, a lot of the characters are weak, although the the main character is one of the best main characters in any game. So I sort of I probably gave it a little bit of slack there when I was originally talking about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I laid it all out there. Um, I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough. This, this I, is tough. I, I I love I love Monster Train. I think it's I think both of these games are a bit. They're not something that I could just give to my dad and have him enjoy in the way that yeah. something like he could probably enjoy something like Flight Simulator or I don't know, nothing in our top ten, <laughs> top 16, but maybe yeah. you know, it's not like it's not a very approachable. Neither of them are very approachable. There's kind of a yeah, a lot they're, of they're both niche for sure. It's it's impossible to make it anything else. Yeah. And I think they both come from very different angles, you know. Like a Dragon is, from what you've described and everything I know about it, 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 it is it is premier. It, it is top shelf. Everything that went into it is top shelf and makes a lot of sense and was well thought out and well designed and had a lot of effort and time and money put into it. 
and monster train kind of and again i i feel like i describe it like this is two jackasses who made this game by accident <laughs> and i know that this is not this is a team of people who worked hard on this game i don't mean to to denigrate it at all but it almost feels like something that's a bit more homegrown which it obviously is and something that that, is, that surprises you with how much you enjoy it yeah again because of that it, it, it's like a it's like a diner burger or something like you don't expect it to be the level of of the, the, the amount of umami flavor and juices everything out of it that you do <laughs> whereas like a dragon is a much more um it's a much more a, a very fine meal that surprises you with how good it is yeah yeah i it's i tough. will say if i was gonna super simplify it monster train is probably the 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 better designed of the two games um but yakuza is more of a complete package um i i think that the people that built monster train are definitely definitely sophisticated card enthusiasts that being said yakuza also builds on 10 11 <laughs> games um slowly and iteratively and uh with great consideration over the course of i think 20 years at this point um so i guess that's probably a knock on yakuza um it without without its past it wouldn't be as good as it is um whereas monster train is sort of a bolt bolt from the blue hmm hmm this is getting this is getting interesting indeed yeah it, it um this is what we got to do we got a deep dive can't just can't just hand it out i guess yeah you know i feel like this is an unfair amount of pressure being put on you since you've played them both that like it it means that your vote is just just a slight bit more there's a slight <laughs> bit more um well then let's let's focus on like i don't know what what you does anything appeal to you about Yakuza? Maybe I can expand on that. Maybe it'll become more appealing to you. Maybe it will become less appealing to you, and that will like sort of equal out the vote here. How much of the game is me not playing the game? A lot of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are a lot of cutscenes and videos. That is... Um, and typically, typically I wouldn't like that either. And in a couple of the Yakuza games, I've skipped... Uh, text in uh, dialogue and stuff, but in Yakuza Like a Dragon, I did not do that. I thought it was, it, it was the the right. It found the right amount of like fun in every quest and all all this different stuff, and it was charming and funny and all these different things. But you probably would want to skip more of them and than me. Yeah, I'm I'm not super keen on stories and games anymore. Um. Do we need them? Is the question that I'd ask. But <laughs> no, but really, like one of the things I love about games like Slay the Spire and Monster Train is how much of the time I spend playing that game is spent playing the game, a- yeah, and yeah. how it has a loop that works, and I spend all of my time doing that. So, you know, the, hearing that there's a lot of cutscenes and that you, someone who loves the game, skip over parts really were it's the reason i never touched a persona game i haven't touched fire emblem three houses is for those reasons because i know that it that as good as they are that would ruin it for me for me not as it being Hmm. bad just my experience so that would knock yakuza down for me but 
you like that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I mean, traditionally, I don't really. Like, I think Yakuza does it so well that even I'm sort of get on board oh, with this see, Yakuza specifically. Now the, when you phrase this, it that just way. Just this one. When you phrase it that way, <laughs> you're phrasing it as, as, a, as a boon, as a good thing. Yeah, I guess that is interesting phrasing. I think it still wouldn't be enjoyable for someone who just doesn't like story at all. Like, I don't like visual novel games, period. I will, I cannot sit through a visual novel game. Um, in in Dragon Quest Eleven, I'm really enjoying it, but I'm skipping any dialogue that doesn't pertain to the the main story because it's just it's just inane nonsense. But I think part of it with Yakuza is that I'm more invested in the franchise than I was in the at the get go. Mm-hmm. When I played Yakuza Six, I think I, I, that was the first one I ever played, and I love that game. But I skipped a lot of the side quests, um, and then I found myself doing that less over time. So that may say a lot in and of itself because it has been an iterative experience for me. Uh, Yakuza, are you tarnished? Is it, are you unredeemable? (laughs) I don't know. Oh, it's, it's, it's too hard to say. I, I think, all right, let's get, let's get back to it. Okay. I think I like Yakuza better, but not enough to override your vote, which is, Definitely for Monster Train. I think I can go out, me and Yakuza can go out back and, you know, shoot each other in the head together, (laughs) die together in each other's arms, um, knowing that we did the most for each other. I'm okay with this fate. Okay. I I think that that's the right way to go then. I think, I think Monster Train, Monster Train works in a really special way. And I think a game like Monster Train in a year like 2020, (laughs) in kind of the same way that other people who were wrong felt about Animal Crossing, I feel like Monster Train (laughs) was something that just felt very 2020 and felt like it was something that was good to have. And it worked for me. So I'm... I'm gonna. I'm gonna say, and I, if you're willing, if you're willing to go up back and and old yeller yourself and and like a dragon together, I think <laughs> old yeller myself and old yeller. Yeah. <laughs> I think that we can we can confidently put this, uh, and and with a with a hell of an upset, say that Monster Train is is our game of the year. This is fucking wild. I I don't know how we got here. No, I I cannot. It's. I'm wondering how this would have gone if I didn't play Monster Train, because I think I would have been like, "There's no right. fucking way." Like, I think the fact that you had played that <laughs> helped a lot because it's a it's a really tough thing to to imagine. Again, it's if you see that guy on screen and he's got the dumpy man with three teeth, you're like, "There's no way that there's <laughs> no way that that guy sounds." like Robert Plant. It's just it's not possible. He doesn't. And you're like, "No, no, 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 just just hold on. Just listen." But but like if you don't if you don't listen, if you don't take the time, no one's going to buy it. And I know people who have not played Monster Train. They play Save the Spire, they've not played Monster Train. It's just not. And I I want like what are you doing? Like we just do it. Just just try. Like I know that I know that there's this like, you know, idea of like oh there's the two games and for a while there like some of the slay the spire streamers were switching over to monster train and like some of them were holding strong like no i'm gonna keep but like just go play just go play monster train try it just play 
play both. Yeah, yeah. you can you can yeah. do both. I mean, we we have a lot of regret for not representing Slay the Spire last year because of the strange technicality, but well, yeah, these these games deserve recognition for sure. Like, I'm 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 not angry or disappointed that Yakuza lost because a very 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 good game won. Now, if you remember last year, um, we did state at the beginning of our bracket breakdown that this was to decide what game was the best other than Slay the Spire. <laughs> other than simply other than <laughs> Slay the Spire. Because we didn't officially rate no, it. No, because it was obviously the best game of the year. <laughs> and I, I feel almost better now that I'm remembering that, knowing that, that it was followed the following year by happen. Monster Train. So I can only... I can only giggle at how excited I am to find out what roguelike deck building game 2021 <laughs> is going to give us. That is just absolutely sweet. <laughs> that's just going to take us away to a magic place. <laughs> Why was Monster Train so low on your list? It came in here at C10. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was number well, it was number five on my list. You know, that's the way that. The... Oh, did I fuck up the seating? Oh, that's probably my fault. then. Well, no, no. Uh, well, maybe you did. I don't know. Who cares? Okay, even hell, even a seed five coming in and taking it. It's still it's still great. <laughs> yeah, it really is. What a great game. It really is. And I you know I know that there's uh there's more content coming out for it in, in future. I can't wait. Oh shit, yeah. really? Tell me about No, it. I that's just I that's all I know. Excited. I just I just know that that's that's the case. Oh. I know that that's the case, so Yeah. Yeah, I think I think one thing I'll say too is that like in a lot of ways, I've enjoyed playing Monster Train more than Slay the Spire. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a stand here. I'm not gonna say one's better than the other. But I find that like the the fact that there's less variation within each race makes it a little bit easier. Like there's still so much randomness, but it makes it a little bit easier to control uh, your deck, mm. which makes for a more fun experience because like. There's only a few different ways each race can go, whereas in Slay the Spire, you can build, like, 20 different decks, but you need to get really lucky for a lot of those decks to work. Yeah, there, um, there's some of those those setups that you look at, and you're like, I don't know how many times you had to play, watching streamers, like, mm. how many times you had to play to get to the point where you were able to run that to the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think the... the extra amount of control in monster train makes the experience a lot more enjoyable whether it's a more satisfying for the hardcore audience or not i don't really care but <laughs> it's, it's a fun experience well all right that it, yeah, it, happened. it happened that is a fascinating fascinating end to this I, i'm really happy we ended up here uh do you have any final yeah. thoughts on 2020 as a year for gaming yeah i I love Yakuza Seven <laughs> so much. I love it so much. I everyone should still play it, even though it's it's the first loser, or the last loser. How do you, however you want to look at it. Just just go play it. Watch trailer, laugh, cry, you know, to hang out with your mom and play. I don't know. Do whatever the fuck you do. <laughs> whatever it is, give you it a shot. People do. Whatever it is you do. Um, that being said, Monster Train is also on Game Pass for PC. <laughs> That's how I started playing it, because it was free to me. Um, so if you have that, just literally play that game for free. Also, incredible game. Um, I, I'm curious if like non-card game-loving people will enjoy it as much as we did. Like Obviously, we both grew up playing Magic and God knows what else. Pokemon, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. 
So I, I hope more people get into this genre because these games that they're making right now with Slay the Spire and Monster Trainer are so fun. I'm I'm so excited that this is now just a, a genre of games that people are talking about. It's yeah. great. I want to point out to you something that is going to make you, I would probably guess, generally upset. Um, <laughs> Monster Train has... 10,822 reviews on, on Steam. And the, it is overwhelmingly positive. Yakuza mm -hmm. has 5,837 reviews on Steam. Again. Twice as many people have played Monster Yes. And, but also overwhelmingly positive. Murder by Numbers is 474. Um, that's not my point. <laughs> Do you know what game has almost more reviews than Yakuza and Monster Train combined? Uh, XCOM fucking Chimera Squad. <laughs> Did all this shit talking about how no one was playing this, this game. Like, 15,000 people reviewed mostly positive no one fucking talks about Chimera Squad. I've never seen a single <laughs> GIF posted on Reddit. I've never seen a screenshot anywhere. I've never seen anyone reference this fucking game that wasn't in a conversation with me that I started. <laughs> you PC gamers and your ability to quickly launch games, you're just moving on to the next thing so fast. I don't know. I don't know why that is. That's so it's weird. <laughs> it has almost as many reviews. It's at 15,555, almost as many as Yakuza and Monster Train combined. Huh. Well. I don't, I don't know what to do well. with that. I don't know how, how to process that information. It's just so fucking weird. It uh, didn't make our top four. So it, didn't go fuck <laughs> it, didn't. it didn't. And it's, uh, it's open critic reviews are, are lower than than both. Uh, actually, lower than all three. Yeah. Lower than Murder by Numbers as well. So, fuck you, Chimera Squad. You're a great game. <laughs> uh, it's, it really is weird, because it came in at a really low price point. Um, decently reviewed, I thought, but it seems like the open critic may have gone down since. A se 79. Um, 79's yeah. a good review. That's not, yeah, that's not bad at all. Anything above 75 is very playable in my yeah. book. <laughs> Strange. Well... Very weird. Better luck next yeah. year. You bum. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap this up. I, I, I'm sure everyone out there has got a lot of ideas on how we fucked up our bracket and how wrong we oh, were yeah. about everything in here. So there's there's no way we made any friends <laughs> or allies today. So it, absolutely. If not. you've got ideas and you want to tell us about it, you know, do that. Do that with uh, going on to Twitter. <laughs> And you know, I'm frantically here trying to remember what our Twitter name is. And I, it's, it's Game Off Podcast. Game Off Podcast. Yeah, that's really yeah. easy to remember. So you should remember it too, dear listener. Go on twittercom Podcast. No one phrases it that way. Just find us on Twitter. We're at Game Off Podcast. <laughs> that's the way you do it. Tell tell us why we were wrong. Tell us why Monster Train isn't the greatest game of the year. You're wrong for saying it. We just proved it with science. But you just still, you know, so many facts coming yeah, at you. Like. We got numbers. Where's your bracket, asshole? Um, <laughs> tell us what you tell us what you think. <laughs> Give us a review on the podcast uh, review portal of your choice, preferably iTunes because yeah. it's the only one anyone fucking cares about. And you know, we'll take a look <laughs> at it. We'll read it, or we won't. But you know, we'll just know that it's out there, and we'll know it's out there, and that works, and mm -hmm. it gets the algorithm juice flowing and everything. 
yeah yeah those those likes and subscribes they go a long way in uh keeping us making new videos i guess <laughs> videos what do we do here <laughs> this is a youtube channel yeah, right new podcast yeah that's it the new podcast is a youtube channel that is not <laughs> how most of this works yeah i i'm done talking now I, i've been brent arcadia i'm signing out here andy take us away please. i've i've uh, been andy solid talker thanks for joining us for another year of game off podcast we're uh we're looking at a good one coming up so stick with us and uh we'll give you some time Woo, 2021 bye, bye.